it's like good girl conditioning. Like we want to be chill or we want to be see the good in Mm -hmm. something and yes, see the good. But also if something doesn't feel good, we know, like I, we know when we get that ping in our body that something's not it. It is so much more simple than we will ever allow it to be is that if you're doing something and you don't enjoy doing it, like you shouldn't be doing it. You're listening to the Everyday as a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are in everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. Before we jump into today's episode today, I wanted to let you guys know that Exponential Alignment, my group coaching program all about stepping into your purpose and your highest alignment in life is now open for enrollment. So if you've been listening to these episodes and you're really feeling like you would love to be supported for three months to get really clear about what it is that you want for yourself to do all the work in your nervous system and have these conversations so that you can actually start to understand yourself and really create not only a life you love, but a life that you're obsessed with, Exponential Alignment is the invitation for you. It is a three-month container to be held in your highest expansion in your life, your business, or your career. And of course, if you're an entrepreneur and you're growing or scaling your business and you want extra support on that, you can add the VIP upgrade and have me on your team for three months by your side to sparkle and support in the business side of things while you build or scale your business. I am so excited to be opening this again. It is already partially way full, which is crazy to say. So if this is something that you've been wanting for yourself and you've been listening to this and feeling inspired and you really want to dive in and create your own story around this and really see what's possible for you, EA is open and I would love to meet you and support you inside of there. So you can find the link in the show notes and you can either sign up or book a call directly with me and we can chat about it. Enjoy today's episode. All right. Welcome back to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm really excited for today's episode. I have Sabrina today on the show, who is currently in the process of dropping the identity of a full-time artist and moving toward something more aligned, holistic, and in the health and nutritional coaching realm. And we were just talking a little bit before the show about kind of being the journey of this work, right? Like life purpose work. And we can talk about that a little bit, Sabrina. It's so often there's we have this big moment in life or kind of a rock bottom. And we were just chatting before the show about kind of being fresh out of rock bottom. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yes. Yes. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I can't wait. And oh, just so everybody knows, I'm tuning in from my home and you're in San Diego at your home. San Diego. Yeah. I just moved into this new apartment. So much sunlight in here. And I, I honestly cannot believe how good I feel in this place right now. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like, oh my God, we're going to get into this in the show. Cause I hear you say like, I can't believe how good I feel. And that's such a, we'll talk about that as we go yes. into the show. Okay. Yes. Um. So we've never actually met in person and we've actually never really met. We just kind of met before the show. We just jumped on. We were connected through a mutual friend who 
I got an email saying like, you have to meet my friend. She's going through this thing. And she said she thought you'd be just really fun to talk to because you're like in the goo of it in the transition. So I was super excited to have you on too. Yes. Um, In the goo. That is the, that is the best way to put it. Um, I feel like I'm now kind of just at the very, very beginning of transitioning from being in the goo to like reforming into an actual like butterfly. Um, Not yet emerged, but it feels good to kind of feel like I'm finally coming back out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a powerful point to be in. And I'm, I'm so excited. I've, I've had people ask me to on the show. They're like, why don't you talk more about the early stages or the beginning stages of things? So I'm just pumped to have this conversation today. And I'd love to hear, because I want to know too, and I want to chat about it. I want to hear about who you are because I looked at, I've looked at your stuff. You just have some incredible art. Like I kind of want to drop into, yeah, I don't know. Let's not drop into a snapshot of where you are now. I kind of want to hear about like your last, you're in this really yeah. identity shift. Like what was it before? Tell me about that. Yes, that I think that's probably like, I think it's like what I was most excited to talk about. I think it's really important that people kind of hear what the beginning of the journey sounds like. Because I've like, there's so many people that I've been following for so long now and they're like six, seven years into whatever journey they're on. And it's like, oh, and you have a practice and you see clients and it's like, okay, but I'm not there yet. Like, what do I do with myself? You know? So mm-hmm. I think my journey, like many people's recently started kind of during COVID, like I was bartending um, at a really nice place in downtown San Diego and you know kind of like complacent making good money having an idea of what I wanted to do but not really like going anywhere with it and then COVID hit and suddenly I couldn't work anymore and I couldn't bartend and it was like oh my god like what do I do with all of this free time and it's it's weird and it's a little backwards I don't think a lot of people get to say this but 2020 was actually like the best year of my life mm-hmm. um because it forced me to get out of that that stuckness that complacency and like do something else so like with the first like two weeks with all of that time I I just had all this time to think and I was like I remember it was like two or three weeks after the lockdown started I was like oh my god everything I know is a lie (laughs) and like it was a weird time like I think about it sometimes I was in the middle of the woods in Vermont when that happened I was just like no way this is this is weird people are bleaching their groceries it's just so funny I I usually don't talk about it because no one likes to talk about that time period but I don't know why when you just said that it really hit me for a second of how weird that was in the very beginning it was (laughs) it was the weirdest thing ever it's like we've kind of all forgotten about it and a lot of people push it out of their minds but it's like it was the weirdest freaking thing ever so yeah yeah so like so yeah I just I had all this time to think and from there I just started listening to podcasts and like you know diving on this journey of like like who am I and like what about me isn't working and can I change and can I grow into a better version of myself you know I just went on this journey but at the the same time that journey was happening I you know, I wasn't working. So I decided, okay, I had always had this vision of wanting to be an artist full time. And I was like, I am going to put every single ounce of my life force into this and I am going to make this dream happen. And I don't know, like whatever invisible forces make things work in the universe. It's like, I started painting just every hour of every day, like at least 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day. I was just painting, sitting at my desk. Um, I was living in a studio apartment at the time. Like I had my own place. So it was perfect. It was just me and the paints. So I just like, I dove deep and I started to create these really weird paintings. If you go really far back on the page, you can see these like really weird, like monsters and like goo and spikes and teeth. And it was just like, in hindsight, now I can see like, I was clearly processing something like 
my mom looked at them one time. She was like, oh, my God, you're painting your demons. And I was like, I remember getting so triggered at the time, but like, (laughs) it's so true. You know, like as an artist, you paint what it lives deep inside of you. So so your Instagram page started during like a couple years ago. Exactly. Whoa. Yeah. It's it's a timeline. Like I've I've made sure to keep pieces from like all the way back, like from when I first started all the way up to now so that you can kind of see that timeline because it's Whoa. it's cool. It's cool to see. I um, had it in my mind that you were doing that forever. Like that you had been building that like building that page for a super long time. I was interested in art beforehand, certainly. Like I went to college for a couple of years, ended up leaving because it just wasn't my thing. Uh, but I went to school for art um, and had the idea before the pandemic that I was going to become a tattoo artist. That's kind of like what I had wanted to do. So I was like, after the pandemic ends, I'm going to go out and I'm going to become a tattoo apprentice and I'm going to work myself to the bone and I'm going to accomplish the thing I want to do. And I... Well, it's a long story. My my current boyfriend, who I met during the pandemic, is a tattoo artist. He was mm. in his tattoo apprenticeship, and like, I realized, be, like, because of meeting him, that I like I didn't want to do that whole process, and that what I really wanted to do was actually just pursue art. And the tattoo artist thing w- for me was like something I could do with art, but not what I really wanted to do with art. Yeah, you know, that's such a good point when you're thinking like I want to do art and then we do this thing as humans where we have this idea of something I've been so fascinated by this the last couple of days too because we have this idea of something and then we put it in like a box we're like oh I want to do mm-hmm. art cool it's a tattoo artist and our mm-hmm. human brain like we get so stuck on these things so I, I love hearing that process of you're like I want to do art it's going to be this and you're like wait no actually it was something way deeper I love I love that Yeah. So I think the dream on top of that really was to kind of just paint whatever I wanted to paint and sell it. Mm -hmm. So that started to happen really quickly. Like within a couple of paintings and posts on Instagram, I, you know, was selling these paintings, like started at like a hundred dollars and then people were buying for $150 and then it just kept going up. And then people would contact me for commissions. And all of a sudden I was like, making a whole bunch of money off of my art on Instagram. And it was like, it was mind blowing and kind of exhilarating, honestly, because it was like, oh my God, like I'm doing it. Like it's working. It was, it was the most surreal thing ever. And I remember still like I painted this one painting. It was about, I think it was like 24 inches by 16 inches or something. And it sold for like $700. And I was like, oh my God, like, look, I'm doing it. I was, I was just, I was just so excited. It was so beautiful. Um, it was a really beautiful time in my life and everything was just going, it seemed like it was going perfectly, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it hit like, I hit like 2021. Um, and I, I think I got contacted by this gallery that wanted me to do some paintings for the like online gallery thing. And, um, do like a series of paintings and I this is incredible you were so that's so incredible that you did that within a year that you were selling I mean I feel like that's not that common or that easy to just right away have that much momentum behind your art like that you know you know what it was it was like I got really lucky with the Instagram game or rather than calling it luck it was like the thing that I was doing on Instagram I went from like during the pandemic from when I first started painting up until like mid 2021, I went from like, I think it was like 800 followers to like 20,000 followers. Um, And it was not my art, like the art was cool. Yeah. But I was writing these really, really in-depth, really emotional captions about like my journey and people were just connecting so hard and it was just like, just picking up fire, like so quickly and because of that like it was reaching people and people would see it on the explore pages and you know and gallery and that's like how the gallery opportunity came through and a whole bunch of little things came through like that and it was it was incredible and it was like oh my god it's working but I I was doing these paintings for this gallery and it became an incredible struggle every day to try to like get the paintings done um it was just this like series that I was working on and I 
I just, I, I worked so hard every day, like on these paintings. And I, I think it took me about five months to finish like a series of five paintings, which maybe isn't crazy, but the entire time I was just, I was just kind of miserable the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I felt so guilty because I was like, oh, I should be really grateful for this. But there was something so out of alignment um, with the whole thing. And I was like, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was so jarring at the time. It was like, I, I don't understand why this isn't making me happy because yeah. it should be making me happy. Yeah. Did you yeah. figure it out? <laughs> like, tell us. <laughs> I love how um, you're... I love how your art was just, it sounds like the messenger for your words too. Because I'm thinking it, about like what you're yeah. working toward now. You're like holistic, like coaching stuff. And it sounds like that was sort of the fire and the momentum behind it the whole time. Yeah. It's like the whole time the actual interest was in health and wellness and spirituality, but like, I had latched onto the idea that the art was what I was supposed to be doing. Like I had this whole story written around, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because it's what I've wanted to do for so long. So I'm going to do it. And like the stubborn Taurus I am, I just wouldn't let it go. Yeah. You know, I think this is so people, I, you're, I love your story. I'm loving it so much. And this is one place where I feel like so many people, including everybody, including myself at points, we get really stuck when we don't want to throw, we don't want to like pivot or throw in the towel on something that we've put a lot of energy into, like relationships, businesses, careers. And I feel like that's one of the hugest things that really gets in the way of actually finding like, what is that thing? Because to pour so much into something and then have success with it, to then do something else just because of the the small little reason that you're not fully happy, right? Because we don't put a much, yeah. as much weight on that is really courageous to do. And well, especially with like hustle culture and everything, it's like, oh, just work harder. Like if you don't, if you're not happy, work harder, you'll be happy yeah. at some sell point. Sell your paintings for more, right? Yeah, like, sell your, make more money, you'll be yeah. happier. Like, yeah. And like, it didn't matter how much I was selling the paintings for, how much money I was making or how much money I had at the time. Um, that was probably the point in my life where I was doing financially the best. And it was the time I was most miserable, for sure. It yeah. Shows. Let that sink in, everybody, because it is so true. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy because we think we, we think we want the money or the thing or the byproduct, but all any of us really want is energy and to feel good. And yeah, it's either like our conditioning or we'll start to think, oh, this is what I want. But all, we, all anybody wants is energy and to feel good. And if that's not there, nothing else matters. And one of my favorite things to share, it reminds me of this. I always say like the dream house will come, right? Like I'm a house person. I love houses. And like the dream house will come, like the, it'll come. If you want it badly enough, you'll buy it one day. And who do you want to be when you get there? Who's your partner? What kind of job are you going to have? Like, Are you going to be happy? Because exactly what you're saying, it doesn't matter. You can still mm. feel empty. It's you. So yeah. And yeah. And um, during that period of time, kind of like late 2020, early 2021, late 2020, early 2021, I realized that like I is like when I heard about childhood trauma, like mm. I had originally like my whole life thought oh, I had a good childhood. Like it was good. Yeah. You probably know this so well. You've probably heard so many people say that I had a good childhood, but I started listening to other people's stories and started reading books on it and started reading books on emotional neglect Mm. and what I realized is that I didn't get my needs met in any way really when I was a child not to say anything bad about my mom like my parents did the best that they could at the time the with what they had and I have fully come all the way around to realize that like I just very recently healed all of this and we can get to that later but mm -hmm. um so good I have chills <laughs> I um 
you know, I, I realized that I had problems like with my family and that it was still causing problems in my day-to-day life, even like while I was in San Diego and they were in Northern California. Mm-hmm. So I ended up over the course of the second year I was living in San Diego, deciding to give up my apartment and move back in with my family in the Bay Area. And you went right so to the going, source. going from living alone to living with the family that was difficult for me and was difficult for me growing up. So that was the hardest choice I think I had ever made because I had my dream life here in San Diego and I decided to give it up because I knew I had something to heal um, and that I couldn't really continue if I didn't heal it. Mm. Um, So I sold a whole bunch of my crap and put the rest of it in storage and drove back and lived with my family for four months, five months. So you went was, there with the intention that you were going to heal some of this. Yes. I wow. went I went with the intention that I was going to heal my relationship with my family um, and that we would have a good relationship afterwards. <laughs> it didn't pan out like that because my family was not at that moment ready to grow in the way that I wanted them to, mm-hmm. which in hindsight was so selfish of me to try to force somebody else to change and grow. Um, you know, and I learned my lesson, but it's what did end up happening? Act. It's such a beautiful it's- act that you were like, I want to do this. I just feel your yeah. heart in that. And I I want to let you keep talking, but it is when you said that of like, you wanted it, but they weren't in that place. Mm-hmm. We so often want to, he- like, we think that sometimes in, for people listening, like we think that in a relationship dynamic, whether it's a family or a partner or someone who might not even be here in the physical world anymore, like we sometimes think that we need that other person to heal, but the healing is all in us. Mm -hmm. Like those people being a part of it. I always view it as another way for us to have resistance toward really facing ourselves on some level because the reality Mm -hmm. is is the healing is really all inside of us and it's it's kind of wild to think about it it is wild and from this vantage point now I can see like that I was super unhealed and I thought I was so healed and (laughs) that's why I was trying to go home and fix my family but (laughs) you know whatever damage I may have caused then, you know, after I ended up leaving several months later, the relationships, you know, while after, after like getting some space after the whole thing, like the relationships did start to heal and there was room Mm -hmm. for healing after that from, from my family's house. I, you know, I, I wanted to go back to Southern California. I really loved it, but I was an artist and I wanted to make the artist thing work. You know, even though it wasn't making me happy in San Diego, I was like, I have to do it and I have to do it as big as possible. So I moved to LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. That's so funny. I did the thing. I'm like I in LA, the but the only reason I'm here, and I don't know if you know this, like I used to live in San Diego and the only reason I'm in LA for everybody in the world listening, the only reason I'm here is because my partner is here. So it's kind of funny that I'm living in LA, but not really by my own desire. So I feel like such an alien in this city sometimes because I'm yeah. in my heart in Vermont and San Diego. And I still, to this day, when I introduce myself, I'm like, oh, I live in LA, but I lived in Vermont for seven years and I lived in San Diego. <laughs> like, it doesn't That's say hilarious. anything about me. Yeah, I can relate so hard because, you know, San Diego was the place where I felt at home and I left. Mm -hmm. And when I went back to L.A., I think I was I think I was hoping that it would be something like that, (laughs) like SoCal vibes. And it was nothing like where did you live in L.A.? I lived in Pasadena or South Pasadena. I live in Highland Park. So that's my area. Wow. Yeah. So like literally right there. So that's amazing. Um. You can like just say anything you want about LA because I wish that I lived in San Diego. <laughs> that's, that's I won't be offended if you rip on the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, so so the journey was basically like I moved to LA to do the LA thing, like the like 
meet influential people and have influential friends and get in with the crowd the art people and like you know hopefully eventually start painting murals because that's what I really wanted to do was paint murals paint murals with the big dogs and like do all that stuff and I was I was meeting all the right people and I was hanging out with the right people but I felt so so freaking empty I felt so depressed and the people that I was hanging out with and bless their souls if they ever hear this like we just were not really actually matches for each other I was Uh just you know I was hanging out with people that I felt like I should hang out with but I just felt so alien around you know and I felt so like lost and after a while I I just started I just stopped going out with people and Uh around so I had I moved there last February so stayed for an entire year because we could have bonded on this if if (laughs) if we were here at the same time I wish I had, I wish I had known, like, I wish I had known you. <laughs> We're like the aliens. Let's hang out. No, I feel, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm really resonating with this. Um, for sure. I feel a lot of that too. And what, yeah. what I'll say is I, I talk about this as I never, it's so funny because I teach alignment and everything. And obviously I also don't teach perfection and obviously nobody's perfect. And I, nobody, including me, but I feel because I never chose to live in LA and probably the last place that I ever would have thought that I ever would have landed in my life. There is this deep kind of not resonance that I have with a lot of people here. And Mm. I don't mean I don't like them. Like I love no. the people in LA. The people here are cool as shit. Like they're really cool. It's awesome. But I just never wanted to be here. So it's very different yeah. than the friendships I've made other places. And it's really interesting because the friends who I make, <laughs> all my friends who I do resonate with, they all want to leave or they're not planning on being here forever. And yeah. I have like one or two sprinkled in who they're like LA for life. But most people who I really resonate, they're moving or they're leaving after their work here is done. So it's an odd place. I don't know if that was kind of what you felt here too. Yeah. So I think it took about, so so something I haven't mentioned during the whole time, my, my partner has always lived in San Diego for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't really ready like I had so much healing to do that when I left San Diego we weren't in a place where we could move in with each other we just were not two whole people at that moment or maybe he was but I was not a whole person and I probably would have torn him to shreds like I was just like so beautiful that you knew that and that you didn't do it I we w- I would have destroyed our relationship. Mm-hmm. So I I went home to heal, and then I moved to LA instead of moving back to San Diego because I I really wanted to try out the artist dream. But I knew I knew four for three or four months after signing my lease that it just was not working, and I I tried to force it as hard as I possibly could the whole time. And then in about you know things started to feel really messed up in maybe July. Um, I got so, I just hit like a rock bottom. I got so depressed. My hair started falling out. My skin got really messed up. Like I felt sluggish and sad and just, I didn't know what to do with myself anymore. And, you know, then there was like a saving grace. Me and my boyfriend went on a road trip for a little bit, you know, went to a festival and like we had a really beautiful time. And that was the most time, we had ever spent together Where did like, you go? we we went to washington there's a festival up there um at the gorge amphitheater oh my god and i've been there it's so beautiful it is the most incredible place in the world and we went to a two-day festival up there we took 10 total days of just traveling in airbnbs together and it was like it was the first time we had seriously spent like a block of time like that together since we had first gotten together and it was just this whole moment of like oh my god like I really I love you so much like I want to like come I want to like be with you in person because we had had this long distance relationship while I was in LA and we didn't see each other a lot because we were both like so involved in work you know I was painting a lot and he was working on his tattoo apprenticeship we just didn't see each other a lot 
which was another reason, you know, LA was so hard for me. Is this I'm is like, so funny hearing you because I used to live in San Diego and my partner was in LA. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, that drive, it's close, but it is not close enough to really. No, I mean, it's not. It's, yeah, so you can, you can relate. I can totally relate. Yeah. I'm done with the long distance relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny when, when I was in that position, I didn't have air conditioning in my car. You know, like those stupid things that we just don't fix, even though like when I finally fixed it, it took, you know, five minutes. It didn't cost that much money, but for a whole summer, this is so funny. I would drive to and from San Diego to LA and it was like 110 degrees and it was COVID times. And I had a thermometer in my car because people had thermometers at that time. And mm-hmm. I remember one time taking my temperature because I was in the car for so long. <laughs> my temperature was so high because I was boiling in oh my, my car. God. So yeah, <laughs> that drive. I remember it. <laughs> it's it's just, yeah. So I didn't do it that often. <laughs> Long story yeah. short. Yeah. You know, and it ended up just boiling over to this point of like, it it made me get to a point where I started to hate LA. Like, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't LA's fault, <laughs> it was more of like all the circumstances and everything and just feeling so alien. I ended up realizing, you know, that I just, I didn't want to be in LA anymore. But moreover, you know, I realized that the artist thing that I was doing wasn't working. Like I was going to these events and hanging out with these people and I was like more miserable than ever. And I was like, this isn't in alignment. Something is wrong. What a sign. Sometimes you have to get so like sick in your own body, like to even to, to listen, things have to get terrible before you'll listen, you know? Mm -hmm. And finally I did. Finally, I just, finally I realized that like, I can't do this anymore. You know, like, I don't want this dream that I thought that I wanted so bad. I, so I gave up, I just gave it up, you know? And it, it took so long to get over. Am I giving up? Like, have I failed? Am I leaving because I failed? Is it me? Um, (laughs) And you know, it, it wasn't like I I've been interested in holistic health since like since the 10th grade. You know, I I had some really serious like depression and anxiety when I was younger and I healed it by eating better. You know, they put me on all these like, you know, antidepressants and stuff when I was young and they made me feel horrible. But what I realized is that I went I went vegetarian at the time, started eating vegetables, <laughs> like just vegetables and I felt so much better. And that was the first time that I ever hit that like brain body connection. And I was like, oh, this actually is so much easier. Like just eat better and you feel better, you know, but I I never put it together. I never like put those things together that like, oh, I love this. And this means so much to me. And this is how I healed myself. So I should go in this direction. Yeah. It's so, I wonder how you, resonate with I mean there's so many pieces of this here but you know that it's like sometimes your mess is your message or sometimes we have to be put through it like do you feel like you were put through that thing again in LA to realize this yeah I I was like it got so bad like it got so bad that I like I just you know I, I think I hit the lowest point I hit the lowest point since my teenage years, like in LA, you know, um, but it was only the difficulties that I went through, you know, and all the healing I had to do around, around my ego and what I thought that I wanted out of life. It's so incredible to hear you to hear this through your story. Cause I just, it's the ego. It's like what we tell ourselves like earlier it was, the tattoo artist or no it's an artist and we have these ideas and it is we identify off of our ego like that's who we are we're like oh I'm a Mm -hmm. I'm a skateboarder I'm an artist and it becomes all of who we are so to break free from that is so courageous and I want to share from I've actually I mean it's probably no coincidence that a lot of stuff that's been on here about the podcast there's rock bottom stories I have my own with the concussions like tons of tons of rock bottom stories and I want to highlight 
something really incredible, Sabrina, that you said is you knew it was off before you hit rock bottom. You're like, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. And we do, we don't have to hit rock bottom. Like we get these messages and you're so right that it is so hard to listen to them because we're taught. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in, I always relate things to relationships. People wait to end a relationship until it's catastrophically terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, no, people don't end a relationship because, oh, you know, it's just not amazing. It's like less than amazing. And I'm not like fully happy, you know, of course, relationships ebb and and flow. And that's a whole nother thing, Mm -hmm. but we're really not taught like hustle culture stick it out or you got it like muscle through and yeah it's really rebellious to say I actually ended a relationship one time and they were like why and I was like it's less good than it was last year and last year it was less good than it was the year before and that's Mm -hmm. it like there's just more for me out there nothing was wrong and it's so courageous to do that because it goes against everything we learn in society to go, oh, this isn't a 100% match, right? I'm starting to think it's like good girl conditioning. Like we want to be chill or we want to be, see the good in Mm -hmm. something. And yes, see the good. But also if something doesn't feel good, we know, like I, we know when we get that ping in our body that something's not it. It is so much more simple than we will ever allow it to be, is that if you're doing something and you don't enjoy doing it, like you shouldn't be doing it. But I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that I was painting every single day, but not enjoying doing it. I was like, why am I not? I'm I'm getting to be creative every single day. I should be grateful. Like I should be happy. Like there must be something wrong with me. You know, I made it an internal, like, must be something wrong with me issue. But Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, hearing you say this because it's so, where do you bridge the gap or where do you go between having gratitude? Because, of course, we always want to have gratitude, but not to override not mm-hmm. liking something. Yeah. Like, we should have gratitude, but also have gratitude for our ability to know when something's off. Because I I. F- I'm hearing you say this and I, I feel like gratitude can be a bit overridey. Like, Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have this. And then we don't actually allow ourselves to experience the pain that we're in. Yeah. Oh, I should be grateful. Yeah. You know, I, I used spirituality to bypass so many of my emotions for so long. And I, you know, only in hindsight, you know, I hope that other people are less stubborn than I was and can let something go if it isn't working. But mm-hmm. it just didn't. I just couldn't. I just couldn't because I I didn't want to be a failure. And I didn't want to be a failure in somebody else's eyes. It wasn't even me. You know, it was somebody else's dream that I thought that was coming from me. You know, I think that, you know, you know, I think what happened is that I, I told my I told my parents that I wanted to become an artist. And I think that very jokingly, very jokingly, my father said, well, you better, you better get successful so I can get that house in Malibu. And, but I was like 10 and I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And that's just a testament to like how easy it is to absorb programming, Mm -hmm. you know, at any age, not even just a child. It's like any age we could absorb that kind of programming. This is so good because what you were saying before, and I obviously don't know the extent of um, your childhood and oh, we were talking about that on the show. I'm like, was that before? Or was that during? Is you were saying, I thought I wasn't, I thought I didn't have childhood trauma, mm-hmm. but just we can get traumatized in any way, shape or form because that statement like, oh, get successful so I can have the house in Malibu is traumatizing. Like you can get left if your parents are late to pick you up for five minutes from practice as a kid and you feel abandoned, that Mm -hmm. is trauma. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be. And I I don't love to just totally go into the trauma hole, but it's so good to acknowledge 
that we have these things and they come from childhood and they're not necessarily ours. I mean, they're ours, but they're a different part of us because it really doesn't take all that much. Like I, you can look at your stories from your childhood and they shape you and then they create patterns in you and it doesn't have to be anything terrible. It really, it really doesn't. You know, I've heard, you know, I've heard so many times people, even people who really, really say that they, you know, genuinely had beautiful childhoods still have trauma because these are the smallest things. It's like a sibling got something and they wanted something and they didn't get their thing, you know, and they like internalized that they didn't deserve it or that they weren't worth it. Just these tiny things that over time snowball and pick up all this like weight and don't even resemble the original trauma anymore. You know, they're, they're all like balled up of all like the years upon years of every single little micro trauma that attached itself to the original one. Yeah. Like all the stories we made about that toy that we didn't get to play with. And it's interesting that you say that too, because even I think about things and like polarity, right. Cause the whole we operate in such a polar way. We're like, it's on or it's off. I'm in the job. I'm out of the job. It's this or it's that. And we do whatever happens to us as a kid, whatever our experiences are, we either repeat that pattern over and over and over again, or we do the complete opposite. And it's interesting because even if somebody comes from a family and they're a really great family and everybody gets along, like actually gets along, not like the fake gets along, like they actually get along and everything's amazing. If they go into an experience where there's conflict, you're not going to know how to act. So even if you have this perfect childhood, you go into a different scenario in life and it's going to throw you off. Like it really doesn't matter any, any way that we were raise any conditioning we have as a kid it is inevitably gonna come up later in life and challenge us whether you store it as trauma or our conditioning or our patterns anyway even if it was great even if it was yes but the beauty of life and the beauty of being alive is that you're always going to be supplied with the exact perfect situations that you need to heal whatever it is that's living inside of you And that is exactly what happened on my journey. Like I got so floored from my experience living in LA that I had no choice but to give up everything that wasn't making me happy. Like I didn't even know exactly what it was that wasn't making me happy. So I kind of just gave everything up. And I went from being a full-time artist. Like I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I know I don't want to do this anymore. I'm literally going to go out and get the first, I'm just going to get a job. Like I went out and got a job at a coffee shop. (laughs) That was one of my favorite jobs. That's a fun job. You get to talk to people every morning. It was beautiful at the start. It was a whole thing in its own. And it's like probably an entire separate podcast to be honest with you. But like, I, I just like, I felt the need to like give, give up everything like that I was doing before, just do something completely different. And that gave me the space and like just enough income to pay my bills for me to start. I used all of my time outside of that to just do what it was interesting to me. I just picked up some books and I started reading about like what actually made me happy. And, you know, what I realized what made me happy is like, cooking meals that made me feel good and reading about holistic health and skincare and trying to figure out how to grow the hair back that I lost from living in LA and going through all the stress, you know, it was like, it was, it was that and connecting with nature and the intersection between connecting with nature and the health of our body. Because if you really think about it, we have, we are nature because a lot of what controls the health of our body is actually other organisms um, with like the gut microbiome and all that. So it's like, we are nature. So it's like, if you figure out how to align with it and get in tune with it, you can actually start to flow with the rhythm of life so much easier. So beautiful. And I, I love that you had this period of I've talked, we talked about this in an earlier show, I think on the one that I did with Katie, if, if anybody listening, listened to the one with Katie about that void of when you're like, this isn't it, but I don't know what is it. 
and I call it like the elimination diet. You know, people do the elimination diet to see what mm-hmm. you're allergic to. It's like we do the elimination diet with life. It's like I'm just going to eliminate everything and I'm going to introduce little things that feel good. And I always just think about it as the elimination diet, which is funny. But exactly. So courageous. Again, I keep saying that, but it really is to drop the whole image around art and go, I'm just going to read books and I'm going to get curious about this. Like that is so hard to do. Most people wouldn't do that. Like it, that's hard to do. It was a, it was a hard journey. You know, I, something just came to my mind and I, I can't believe I left this part of the story out because it's <laughs> kind of like a huge part of the story. Um, um, I think what really kicked off a lot of the, a lot of the change and what was a, like a really, like a final straw for me is, um, it was after I had come back from the trip and I was, but I, I was still kind of like, you know, painting on a daily basis, but feeling pretty like just blah about it. I took a class on Reiki. I took a, mm-hmm. I got a tune Reiki attunement one and two and took a class in LA and it started my body on that process of, um, just like it's like an energetic process have you have you ever had a reiki attunement yeah i have yes. my reiki one and then i did a bunch of healing touch which is a different type of energy work which i did more of so i did healing touch and then <laughs> i have my reiki one do you know healing but it's touch? like i do i actually picked up a book on healing touch before i picked up a book on reiki yeah no um, one really knows about it they use it and i mean I can only speak for Vermont, but I know they use it in hospitals, at least in Vermont yeah, and probably everywhere. It's, it's like, it's, if you, I low-key think it's just Reiki, but you don't have to get into it for it. <laughs> yeah. When I got a Reiki, cause I learned healing touch and I just learned it. And my, what happens when you get a Reiki attunement, they basically like quote unquote, like give you Reiki, which means that you can kind of do the healing work. I'm really dumbing it down. But when I got my Reiki attunement, I was doing the Reiki before I got attuned. Mm -hmm. I was like, I already have Reiki. Like I have it in my hands. I've been doing energy work. So I kind of feel the same way. And I'll kind of blend them because I think the only difference is I actually don't know a ton about Reiki, but in healing touch, it's very mechanical. It's like, do this, right? Like you kind of move your hands around in really certain ways and different parts of the body. So I would just kind of take healing touch moves and, but be doing Reiki. I mean, it's the same thing. It's healing. I think it's, I think it's essentially the same exact thing to be honest (laughs) with you. And my favorite parts about Reiki were the, like the intuitive side of it that you can like, you can kind of like intuit what somebody needs and like, Mm -hmm you know, go in that direction. But, but, but what, what happens when you get a Reiki attunement is they say that you go through this 28 day process of kind of like flushing out all of the energetic residue that isn't serving you anymore. And I apparently had so much, it was like a five month process of my body, my mind, my soul, just getting rid of everything that wasn't serving me anymore. These thought patterns, the the art thing, the, the everything, the, I couldn't the drink coffee thing. anymore for a while, wow. like everything. Um, what happened because of the Reiki attunement is so, so before I was painting all of this, like this kind of like gruesome, a little gory kind of scary, demonic feeling stuff. After but I got pink. the Reiki, but with a little sparkle, but with pink. Pink. I had to make it cute. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be cute i'll drop it in the show notes you you guys can check it out <laughs> yes um so i was painting all that stuff and after i got the reiki attunement i had no desire or inspiration to paint anything like that anymore like uh... i could not i could not relate to my own art anymore because oh the whole process got rid of like that that heavy like almost d- demonic energy that had been living inside of me for so long that like heavy like unhealed energy and i could no longer relate to the like dark stuff that i was painting and the only i i started to have this urge to create things of beauty like i really started focusing on on beauty and like the beautiful things in the world and started to like i, I definitely still do art cuz i'm an artist and i always will be 
Um, but now the only thing that I really draw these days is like plants and flowers. And wow. that kind of mixes in with my interests in herbalism and nature. Wow. It's, this is so, that's so wild. It's like your art was a message to you. Um, I was like was. coming out in these drawings. It was like, Hey, like yeah. your words were under it. And you're like, here's these drawings. It was, that's pretty wild. It's really wild. It's really like weird to look back on the things that I was painting and be like, oh yeah, that's how I, that's who I was. <laughs> that's definitely wow. who I was. It was like, yeah, the the pink and the blue and the, the color palette, but it was all like muscle and like, like meat and like spikes and teeth and just like weird creatures. Like it was all of that. And I, I could not, I couldn't relate to my own paintings anymore. It was super, wow. it was super weird. Wow, no wonder you felt like unhappy in the gallery, like doing that's just so so wild to get to that point of being like, oh, this isn't it, and then just completely not being able to relate to it anymore. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Reiki attunement, I think I did that in September, this past September. Um, so while I was living in LA. Um and that was I pretty much stopped like really painting after that um I did like a couple more pieces and because it was like stuff that I had to finish up like it was like leftover projects that I was still finishing on and then I was like I just I just quit it all after that so what are you doing now that you're in this like are you still in the thick of this transition are you starting like what is what are you up to now so right now um I, I got super lucky. I was able to move out of my place in LA a month early. Um, yeah, friendly reminder, friend. everyone, you can break leases and agreements if something's not serving you anymore. You, Sometimes we're like, you can, oh. and you can also like, you can also manifest a way out. I was yeah. living in a house. I had roommates. Um, um, and my, one of my roommates just decided he wanted to take over my room and mm. make it into an office. Amazing. He was, he was like, when you leave, like, I'm going to make it into an office. And I was like, okay, would you mind if I left early? And he was like, oh, that would be perfect. And I was Amazing. like, <laughs> I was like, yes. So I moved. So Lindsay, our mutual friend, she was incredible. She generously let me like put my stuff in her storage unit and just like, let me stay at her place for a couple of weeks while me and my boyfriend looked for our apartment here. And this was a process. Like it was so, it seemed so long and so short at the same time, but we, after numerous, numerous tests and like difficult moments, we managed to like get the exact perfect place that we were looking for. And it's like, it's got all the natural sunlight. It's the perfect part of town. And we just finished, like, we just bought this like shelf thing and, so we pretty much just finished moving in and now we're just like doing design and decor. So I'm, I'm, so you my just nervous moved system. from out. I'm so yeah. sad. I missed you. I wish that I, you know, whatever I want. Everything happens I was for like, a reason, but like what you lived in my neighborhood this would have been really fun to be friends. <laughs> it would have been amazing. I was kind of like a, I just like, wasn't when I was living in LA though, I was not like myself at all yeah. though. I was like, I was I'm like, maybe like, I was maybe like 25% of myself in all honesty. Yeah. I was just like slumping around every day. It was just like, <laughs> I'm glad you left. <laughs> I'm glad you're in San Diego. <laughs> I'll come hang out with you there. Yes. Yes, definitely. Amazing. Um, so, so yeah, we just moved and my nervous system is finally calming down a little bit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this is the first time I've been able to breathe in six months. So from here, I'm kind of just like, well, I'm actually looking for, Looking for a job in San Diego right now. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get into the wellness industry in some direction. Probably going to be taking Reiki clients here and there. But yeah, kind of looking for like the perfect job in San Diego where I'm like I can learn about, you know, health and wellness and herbalism and all these things kind of like while I while I work. Yeah. You know, looking for a company that's like really in alignment with my values and what I believe in and what's important to me. Yeah. You know, I just like, I don't want to do anything unaligned ever again. I love it. I love <laughs> it. It's so good. And I want to highlight too, is 
just moving. And I know there was so much else besides moving, but one of the things I teach and share and for anybody listening is the number one thing is our environment. So like what, if you're ever in, you know, one of those periods of life where things just aren't working or things really don't feel good, right. We all get there at some point or another at other degrees. The first thing we should always look at is, is my environment serving me before we look at what's wrong with me? Where do I need to heal? Like number one thing is our environment. It's our safety and our survival. So it's always the number one thing. And I love feeling like the breath of fresh air that you have after just leaving and being in this new space. (laughs) It's so good. Like LA was like in the nicest in the most affectionate way possible, complete violence to my nervous system. <laughs> that was probably like the most most unhealthy and unwell that I had felt. But it wasn't just because I was in LA. It was, you know, I, I think I was like isolating myself a lot because I, I just felt so so alone and so lost. And Somebody called, I've never been able to get this out of my mind. Um, somebody actually studied trauma-informed coaching under he called LA the city of isolation and isolation is like the number one trauma response. We go into trauma and we isolate. And even if you're not in a trauma response, or even if that's not what you're doing, when you are in isolation for whatever reason, it feels like, feels like trauma in the body. And it's definitely something that you really have to work toward in LA to not be in isolation because it's yeah. the kind of city where you don't really run into your friends out in public. Like you kind of, mm-hmm. at least me, I mean, I, I rarely really see people I know it's usually unless I make plans. So there's a lot of energy that goes into not being in isolation. Here, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I, I like was not mentally well enough to like feel like I could go out and make friends, you know, and I had roommates. Um, I lived in a really beautiful home, like in South Pasadena, you know, but I moved in, all three of my roommates were males and I didn't realize that that was going to be like a problem for me. And it wasn't a problem because they were males. I think it was just a, a problem because I didn't have anybody to like connect with. Like mm. I ended up connecting with like one of my roommates like kind of like later on living there and like we would have good conversations but I ended up like isolating myself more often than not and I was like my room was like small too so I was like in this little like box (laughs) like in the first floor of the house just kind of like dark and like yeah Um, but the experience taught me exactly what I didn't want in life (laughs) and that's all we can ever learn um this I've absolutely loved hearing your story this was so much fun I feel like the big landing pieces that I'm taking away from this and like really want to highlight is we know when things don't feel aligned we can walk away from them and it is a courageous act to do that and I say that not for any other reason but to know that doing something like what you did and like walking away from your whole identity with art and, and doing that. And anybody listening who I was actually talking to a client this morning who wants to like recreate. Right. And I say it's courageous because it's not easy. It takes courage. It goes against everything. And not to say that, that it's hard and that you can't do it, but managing expectations around it to go, I'm going to do this thing. It's going to be really big. It might take time, but oh my God, the most worth it thing in the world. And, and you still have so much, I mean, we all have so much more of our journey to go, but you're like right on, I see a little graph and you're like right here. And it's like, you're like, the world is right here. And that's because you made that decision. Yeah. Like, I'm. Um... I'm so happy. I'm so happy I am here. I'm so happy that I get to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. Fun. I would love if you want to tell everybody, I'll drop it in the show notes as well, um, but where they can find you and check out your art and also stay in tuned for say, say in, in the loop, (laughs) stay in the loop for everything upcoming. 
Yeah. So I, you can check out my art Instagram. It's at peach milk, but it's spelled P E V C H M I L K. You can check that out on, on, on Instagram. Um, that's like all of my old art from my journey. Um, read my captions and stuff. I am taking a break right now because I just needed to get off of the internet for like, for this whole goo period. But I have a new page as well, where I will eventually be posting my wellness related content. And that's at vital patterns on Instagram as well. Um, don't know when I'll start posting just whenever it feels good. Beautiful. But yeah. I love it. And you're like, and I will post when it feels aligned because I'm never doing anything that doesn't feel aligned again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.